With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Buff Nation! Let's go! Welcome in to DMVR Buffs Primetime. presented by Illegal Pete's. Everyone's go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beers. Jake and RK here. I think we've got a pretty fire show lined up. Yeah, we got some good topics to talk about today. There's a a lot going on. And uh, a surprising amount for, I guess, early June... Yeah. But uh, the big sports news today was the PGA Live Golf merger. Yes. What a wild saga that is. Extremely wild. We'll get into it, yep. and uh, we'll talk the equivalent of, I guess, a college football merger of that magnitude. And we start with what's going on just NIL-wise. Lots of things going on in the country. Uh, lots of things being said. NIL, a huge topic. First off... Uh, we mentioned this, I believe, a week or two ago, how uh, Congress was trying to you know, institute some laws to help out NIL. Well, five collectives are meeting with them today. Uh, Tennessee's, Ole Miss, Clemson's, Georgia's, and Washington's, um, just to try and figure out how collectives play into NIL, the college football landscape, and if they're going to be a thing. They should, be, they should be outlawed. Well, that's kind of what yeah. they're arguing against here, yeah. yeah. Um, it's been obviously a massive advantage for some schools and disadvantage for others. And, and, and to me, it has nothing to do with that. Obviously, CU has been behind the eight ball a little bit with this, but that's not my reason why I'm against it. Uh, I've said it on the show before, but I'll say it again. It's not. It's against the spirit of the of the NIL idea. Mm-hmm. Now, would it have been great um, if like? all the schools had these and all the schools are getting paid all the players are getting paid like i don't want to take money out of the players pockets um and and i think that would be an unfortunate side effect of this happening but this is not what nil was about it wasn't supposed to just make it so you could pay players in fact it was supposed to be a compromise between paying players straight up and not letting them make any money off of who they are so to me the collectives muddy the waters and essentially just means you can just write checks for players now and it makes college football one giant, you know, uh, NFL free agency yep. where just players go to the highest bidder. And I think that's a bad thing for the sport. So to me, get rid of the collectives, go back to just if a business wants to pay a kid money to advertise for them or to wear their shirts or to do an, a signing at their bar, that's great. But let's try to avoid just writing checks for players. So this article is written by Pete Nakos of On3. Just a few things to pull from this. Uh, A drafted bill 
for Congress that on three received from a source last month would establish an NIL clearinghouse, which would have the power to fine anyone, sue anyone, and ban anyone from participating in college athletics. Wow. Um, a bit further down, just talking about paying players and how things might look in a few years, revenue sharing was brought up. Uh, the Big Ten and SEC are positioned to be successful if college athletics does move to revenue sharing as the conferences currently have the two richest TV deals. The five collectives traveling to Washington, D.C. represent the ACC, the Pac-12, and the SEC. The only Pac-12 school is Washington, who may be a Big Ten school here pretty soon. Yeah. People are coming after me for, for having red on my shirt. I feel like a USA <laughs> soccer <laughs> shirt is, in, is fair game. I think so. I think you're safe there. I mean, I feel like, <laughs> by the way, Travis and Shador and Coach Prime and everyone else is wearing red every day now, so <laughs> yeah. go after uh, them. Another article from Andy Wittry of On3. Uh, we talked a lot about this NCAA college football game, and the headline of this is players suggest potential holdouts over NIL payouts for EA Sports College football. Mm. Um, there's a quote here from General Booty, the Oklahoma quarterback uh, related to John David Booty. Yes. Um, he was asked at this NIL summit not too long ago about it. He said, we've actually been talking about that in the locker room. We've all talked about it because we want the game to come out, obviously. But we were saying if they come out and try to lowball and say we want to give everyone $200, well, guys, maybe like Caleb Williams may say no, then he's not in the game. Then all the USC fans who want to buy the game and play with him are out of luck. Um, and then he continued, and then he does it, and someone else does it. It's a domino effect. It's ruined. I think it's going to be very critical. How they put it together, they're going to have to... They're going to have to... They wrote this wrong. Pay one price, assuming is what they uh, were saying. He says 600 to $800. Remember, we talked about this, and they were planning on $500 for mm -hmm. every single player. Um, so this is already... Uh, they talked to Jalen Daniels, the Kansas quarterback. He kind of agreed... Um, said same thing. I could definitely see it, especially with the highest college football players. That, uh, that wow, they really messed this up in the nation right now. If they're getting paid, as you know, somebody a lot of people don't know of, and they're the most known person in college football. I can see their agent saying, "All right, what's going on here?" That's not how this works, though. Like you can't create a sliding scale of paying each player more or less money based on how popular they are. Um, that would be, first of all, an impossible algorithm and probably take away the ability to make any money off the game, which if there's any lesson we've learned today, yeah, it's that anything and everything boils down to money. Yep. Um, so it's not like EA is trying to put out NCAA college football 2024 for the love of the game. Mm -hmm. They're trying to put it out because it's going to sell and make them a bunch of money yep. uh, and they have the rights and ability to do so. So they're not going to make that compromise now if you remember i believe there was two players who did this michael jordan and then i think barry bonds also just like didn't sign on like they said like i'm not going in the video game and like uh -huh. michael jordan his brand was so big that that makes perfect sense right? right he's like by putting me in there you're like kind of getting the jordan brand yep. into your game for whatever the you know it's just like they write a check to the NBA PA and everyone splits it just like this would be. Um, and so you could do that. If Caleb Williams says, nope, I'm not taking the $800 to put me in there, which obviously he won't even be there next year, but that type of player, that's fine. They'll just put quarterback 
USC. Yep. And everyone will know who it is. Quarterback number 13. Yeah, exactly. Just like they used um, to. So I understand why some guys would say, well, I'm worth this, that, or the other much. I want more than the, uh, you know, the $800 or whatever it is. And they're, they're right about their value and, and, you know, that they are worth more than that. But the game won't care. Right. Because they have Travis Hunter and Shador Sanders and, you know, everyone else. Yeah. And no USC fan is saying, well, I'm not buying the game unless Caleb Williams is on there. <laughs> and by the way, people were doing it with whole rosters for all of college football. People easily go in there and edit quarterback number 13 to say Caleb Williams yeah. and it'll I'll all be fine. Uh, the final one, final article we'll talk about today, also by Pete Nakos of On3. Former USFL president launches spring league for high school recruits with less restrictive NIL rules. Now, this is interesting. This is crazy. So Brian Woods, the founder of the spring league, uh, the recent iteration of the USFL, announced the Prep Super League. It's consisting of 12 teams spread throughout the country. Again, these are high school kids. Yeah. The league will recruit four and five star talent to play in its inaugural season in spring 2024. Uh, plans for teams in Atlanta, Cleveland, Dallas, Houston, New Jersey, New Orleans, L.A., Miami, Phoenix, San Diego, San Francisco, and Tampa. Uh, it's full on eleven on eleven. They're scheduled to play over. Or they're going to be playing over scheduled six weeks. It looks like. Um, but this is. I mean, we've kind of seen this in basketball with uh, the G League, of course, but then just players just straight up going overseas and stuff like that. But now this is in high school. Like, these are literal high school guys still being recruited by colleges that are now being recruited by a high school prep league. My question is, can you accept NIL money and continue playing high school football? So that's the thing. Um, They mentioned NIL in this. Um, here's the quote from, uh, what's his name here? Brian Woods. He said, we should be viewed as a supplemental and complementary entity to traditional high school football. First and foremost, in terms of NIL, parents and athletes are going to make their own decisions. At some point, landscape is changing very quickly. We believe that we're going to be able to raise the brand value of, especially the four and five star players that elect to come in. They may have a great grading on them, may have numerous offers, but if a player comes into the prep super league, um, it's really going to raise his brand awareness. Athletes could increase his opportunities for either more NIL deals or NIL deals with more monetary value behind them. So that the plan is to cash in on NIL, but it's mostly just a brand. They're, they're saying it'll elevate the, their personal brand. So when they can cash in on NIL, it'll be worth more. Yep. Um, they mentioned, I mean, we kind of have some things like this. IMG Academy, for example, mm-hmm. like basically just a high school super team. And this is basically what they're trying to do here. Um, but yeah, man, this is so with all that in mind, all those three articles, what would be, I guess, the monumental change for college football a la PGA Live merging? Hmm. Well, first of all, I want to talk about this PJ Live thing just briefly because it is a monumental L for the PGA. Mm-hmm. Um, just an embarrassing situation all around because of all the shit they talked. And this is why um, you should always be careful what you say because you never know. Like the whole idea of like don't burn bridges, you just never know when you have to cross that bridge again. Right. So don't burn bridges. 
Jay Monahan what goes out there and gets on his moral high ground about live and like basically like equated live to like 9/11. Oh lord. And now he's having to go back on all of that because oh what? Live threatened his wallet. Mm-hmm. And every time money gets involved and people get scared, you know, then you need that bridge to cross back over it. He, you know, he burnt it in the public eye, of course. In the business world, he was able to go back across it, but it's just an embarrassment. Uh, and and I feel bad for all the players who were like convinced not to go to live on moral pretenses or on the idea that it's bad for golf and like you're doing the right thing for the game of golf if you stay in the PGA. Nope, those guys just went and secured the bag, and you got left holding it yep. um, because you know you thought you were doing the right thing when in the end the people who are at the top who are controlling the money are rare really don't care about the right thing they just care about the dollars and cents right all right there's my rant on that (laughs) um i guess i'll throw this out it feels like the first thing that comes to mind in terms of a merger or separation something of this magnitude would be the sec and big 10 merging and then basically leaving college football and becoming their own type of league or series whatever it is yeah and that's where that's probably the most obvious one the thing is there's no villain in that like obviously live is kind of the villain in here and Mm -hmm. you know the hero i put that in heavy air quotes of the story is the pga who like loses they lost the battle yeah um but it would be similar in the in the sense of the public feeling of like sports washing, you know, where money ends up trumping everything, and um, we and that's what would happen here, and and it hurts the sport overall, and I think that's what would happen. The Big Ten and SEC merge, it's over for everyone else. Yep, and that hurts the sport. Everyone who's in that gets a bunch of money and they you know the whoever it is the institutions win and everyone else loses including fans mm-hmm. like i don't think it's better for for college football i i've talked so much about you know the all-state conference and the state farm conference how right the champions you know play each other um at the end of it like i don't think that's better for college football i like college football the way it is now um i think that the ncaa is a shitty corrupt organization that could use some fixing mm-hmm. But in terms of the way that it's played out, like I like all the different conferences and yeah, you know all that stuff. I, I can't wait for the twelve team playoff. Um, so that's that's what I think is the most obvious one because it's a money grab that kind of gatekeeps the sport away from those who can't play at that level. Uh, going back to that first article we read, talking about you know Congress and the NIL things they're trying to do, and mentioning revenue sharing. Do you think that getting rid of collectives would essentially speed up this process for the Big Ten and SEC to go, you know what, we have the biggest TV deals, we could maybe even just afford to outright give the players a share, let them create their union, and off we go, basically? That's a big step. That's a big step from now that I just don't think they'll ever want to do. Mm-hmm. No one, again, comes back to the money. They don't want to share the money. Right. No one, you know shouldn't say no one most people especially high-ranking business executives don't want to share money with anyone right uh do you think we get like a salary cap situation then at some point in terms of the nil collectives and all that stuff Mm -hmm. 
I don't think so. Um, and that's what makes this so messy right now, which is why I'm like, just get rid of collectives. Yeah. The deals have to be done with the business. And yes, of course, that leaves the door open for shady shit. Um, they need a a lot more guidance on what's allowed and what isn't. Mm-hmm. They just, like, I'll never forget. They just turned the faucet on yep. and then, like, walked away. Yeah. And the basement was flooding behind them. And they're like, yeah, you guys figure it out. Yep. Like, I'm sure it'll be fine. And, of course, it wasn't. And now they're going back and trying to, ha- you know, getting Roto-Rooter in there trying to suck all the water out of the basement <laughs> because it doesn't – you needed, like, very clear rules. What can be done? What can't be done? Is there a limit on how big a deal can be? Like, because what what will happen, even if you go to my system, is – you know, the one that we've seen is like Larry H. Miller Toyota, right? Right. Let's just say he happens to be really, really, really rich. Well, then he can just do like a $2.5 million deal for some guy to come do it. You know, and like, right. it doesn't, it's not really the business. The business is just a front for a bigger deal on the back. So they need caps. They need, like, you need to have like contracts. You need to have proof of itemized lists of what is being provided. Um, and what is being like received, right? Mm-hmm. Is and is that fair value for that type of work based on that le- the, that player's level of celebrity? I mean, all of this stuff should have been formula more a lot more formulaic. And they basically just said like, "Hey, um, the compliance people, you guys are in charge of this stuff now. Yeah. Make sure it's like good or whatever." Anything else on this? It's fascinating. Uh, not just the live and PGA stuff, but where college football is heading. Well, my question is, is there a, another uh, merger that could be like this? Like NCAA merges with the XFL. Right. Like, is there some like weird thing like that yeah. that, that could be more um, more like PGA and live? How about the Prep Super League merges with the SEC and the Big Ten, and then they all just... Oh, and they just feed right yeah. in. Oh, God. <laughs> That's dirty. Yeah, that could be one, too. Um, the We're like, I don't know. Sports washing is getting a little sketchy. We're getting close to a world where like sports change completely from the what we know it as now. I mean, it's already happening in soccer. F1. Where the Saudi money is coming in and just dominating everything. Manchester City is now one like a ridiculous like six of the last eight or something. Yeah. Um F one, like mm-hmm. you said. Now golf. It's it's not good. It's not good. Last year, F one when they raced in Saudi Arabia, there was like a bomb attack. Like oh miles from the track. Oh god. There were onboards where you could see like the smoke from the explosion. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like the ba- basketball to me would be the easiest next target. Mm-hmm. Lo- very few players. Right. You know, yeah. it's not like football where you have yeah. these 85 man rosters. You got to figure out how to pay all these guys. You could start a, a, a league and you offer LeBron James a billion dollars a year to come play in your league. Yep. We'll see. Anything else? All right. Uh, before we talk about, we got a little recruiting update, and then we'll talk just about uh, Coach Prime's roster. Shout out to Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of All City and DMVR. Um, we love our Pins and Aces gear. We get tons of compliments on and off the course. 
They make great polos, hats, golf bags, even our favorite beer sleeve. And a new DMVR polo, right? Yeah, it's sick. Um, so you can check that out at pinsandaces.com. Or, and use the code DMVR when you're there to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. Again, pinsandaces.com. And then, Ken said uh, UFC is next to get sports washed. Mm, that I would another, that. be another easy one. You just get the biggest names and it's over. Yep, for sure. Pay them way more. And UFC fighters are getting criminally underpaid already. Oh, yeah. So it'll be even easier to get them. Yeah, they've been complaining about that for years. Yeah. 10 years, 12 yeah. years, more. I mean, you've got like big name fighters who are like household names who are like tweeting out, hoping that fans vote for them for the fight of the night because it's right. like a hundred thousand dollar bonus. Well, isn't it Francis Ngannou who is not even like under contract while he was like holding a belt or something? Yeah, I think he's like done. It's crazy. Yeah, and he was the champ. Insane. Um, shout out to Shador's number two, the tomato based, rich, thick, sweet molasses style barbecue sauce with tangy vinegar and fiery heat. Finishes with a subtle smoky note. It goes great on absolutely everything. Uh, chicken, ribs, wings, Cuban sandwiches, all that good Pulled stuff. Pulled pork. Pulled pork. Brisket. Everything. Uh, you can get your hands on some at plbse.com for a limited time. Use the code ALLCITY, all caps, all in word, at checkout, and you'll get 10% off your order, Shador's number two. All right. Um, slight recruiting up. Well... Big names, but a slight recruiting update. First one, not that big of a name. Jordan Williams, uh, a 2024 wide receiver slash tight end, announces he will be visiting this weekend. He's from Midland Legacy High School. He doesn't even have a 247 sports profile, so I can't really tell you too much about him. Um, but that's where he goes to school. That's the position he plays, listed at 63220 out of Midland, Texas. So, Hotbed. Uh, Kylan Fox, mm-hmm. he set his commitment date for the 4th of July. Oh, that's fun. Um, he had a top six, remember that? Yep. CU was in it. Uh, among a few other schools, it was Florida State, Georgia Tech, Ole Miss, Miami, Colorado, and UCF. He just went on an OV to UCF. Um, he announced not too long ago, though, he's not going to Miami. We're down to a top five now. All right. Top five, top five, top five. Yep. Uh, next guy, Charles Lester the Third. Yes. Uh, remember we talked about him visiting. Yes. That's this weekend. Oh. Uh, so he will be visiting this weekend. He was scheduled to go to Alabama last weekend. FSU looks like the week after or two weeks after. Then after that, it's to Georgia. Uh, remember he put out that tweet. He said he was down to three schools. Uh, Alabama, FSU, and Georgia, but then, of course, has the visit to Colorado in there, too. And it's right between Alabama and FSU, so we'll see this weekend how that goes. All right. All right, we put out some graphics a few weeks ago. Yes. About where the players who were on this roster before Coach Prime got here have ended up. Mm-hmm. Well, now we are up to 79, 80 scholarship players. Yep. We're pretty full. So we're starting the other side of it. Where are they coming from? All right, let's see it. And we have the next graphic of the series, and there it is. Whew, look at that SEC one. SEC, the ACC, the leading conferences, the FCS, actually the leading like group, I guess. Yeah, but obviously that's heavily 
influenced by all of the Jackson State transfers. Exactly. So when you factor in the Jackson State kids, it's eight. So it's actually five FCS kids who weren't Coach Prime's kids before. Uh, you do have four JUCO kids coming in as well. But look at that. That is 23 kids from the Power Five. Yep. And that's 12 from the SEC and seven from the ACC. Yeah, I mean, it, it's huge. And I, we're actually going to put this out on Twitter later today. I want to tweak it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that SEC bar just jumps out so much. And you know what uh, the SEC and ACC bars looked like on the uh, the ones going out? They didn't exist. They weren't there. Yeah. Uh, zero players from Colorado transferred to the SEC or the ACC. Uh, and how many is that? 10, 15, or 10, 12, 17, 19 players. Uh, assuming those little groups are five. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 19 <laughs> players uh, from the SEC and ACC joining. And yeah, not all of them are Jordan Dominics, you know, right. who went and balled out. Um, but there are Jordan Dominics mixed in with a bunch of guys who were recruited to that level for a reason and maybe were recruited over uh, and didn't end up getting, you know, the type of um, burn that they were expecting. Your Des Moines Kennedy's, Jaquez Robinson's. Right. Um, but that is 19 players from the SEC and ACC joining. Is that – it's interesting that they didn't get one from the Big Ten just, like, yep. randomly. That's the one conference. Um, but I guess if you were to say, like, what would be the week – area of the country in terms of this staff and recruiting i would you'd maybe say that. i mean you did Probably have midwest yeah. um sean lewis and you know in kent state but yeah there's not as much ties as well and and not that that's a bad thing right your ties are to the south um which is where most of the best football players come from exactly um on the american conference three players there jimmy horn alton mccaskill xavier weaver that's your three players from the american sheesh yeah Tell me those guys won't make an impact this year. That's crazy, man. I mean, you see the American Conference logo. It doesn't get you fired up. And I then know. you hear those players, and you're like, oh. Yeah. I just saw Xavier Weaver, Xavier Weaver doing, like, a little drill yesterday. And, like, one of the things they had to, like, jump over this thing. Right. He was, like, floating over it. Yeah. Dude can bounce. He's dope. Yeah. He is. Um, what else do we have with this graphic? So the, someone mentioned in the comments, it shouldn't even say ACC. It should just say Florida State. <laughs> Fair. Uh, the only other AC, I, Levante Bentley's from Clemson. Um, I honestly think the other six might be all Florida State. Name me some uh, uh, ACC schools. No Duke. No North Carolina. No North Carolina. No Miami. No Miami. No Boston College. No, no Louisville. Pitt in that conference? Oh, there's a Louisville. Mark Fassett. Ah, there we so go. So you're punter. Um, and then also just on the FCS, so there's 13 players. Eight of them for, were from Jackson State. One of them was a kicker, too. It was Mata. Also, I never said that the Big Ten doesn't have dogs. We did not say that. <laughs> we did not say that. I just said that the staff's ties are more to the south, which is where most of the best football players come from, which I think is completely true right and would be proven out in another graphic like this that someone else could make um this doesn't include chance main so he's not included in the pac-12 numbers which is only two um savelle smalls is one from washington why does it not include chance main 
We didn't include him in the other graphics. Like when we did all the transfer out, we didn't count him as a transfer out, so we didn't really count him as a transfer Fair. in. Fair. Um, just on this graphic, are you concerned about all the SEC players coming in who haven't really played a game and how they'll translate? No. No, because I have perspective on who they're replacing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of these guys are replacing players who also weren't playing on a 1-11 Pac-12 team. Right. And most of them are coming from very successful SEC teams where at the very least they were taught what it takes to win. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, no one who's come through Colorado over the last six years has been has learned what it takes to win because they didn't win enough to learn. Right. Um, so I, I'm... I'm honestly really excited about it because I think it's a little bit of an experiment in how big the gap is between the Pac-12 and the SEC. Yep. Can SEC backups come and be great in the Pac-12? I honestly think the answer is yes. Um, and I think we're going to find out. And this could be huge for Colorado going forward. If you bring in these guys, if you bring in, let's just use Des Moines Kennedy and Jaquez Robinson as examples. If those guys come from the SEC where, you know, bigger names were put in front of them on the depth chart and ball out in the Pac-12, the Buffs will just be able to use that pipeline forever. Oh, yeah. As long as Coach Prime's here. Right. Where you go to Alabama and you say, hey, look, man, you you know, I know you were a high four-star. Since you got there, they've recruited two five-stars. You only played in four games last year, but we still believe in you. We want you to be our starting linebacker. Right. You come in here, you ball, you go to the league. Uh, look at Bo Nix. He was a... This isn't apples to apples, but it's something that we can rely on here. And in the SEC, he was... He had his moments. I mean, a lot of it was rough, but he had his moments. He comes to the Pac-12, and we're talking about this guy in the Heisman conversation now. Yep. So the the drop-off... I don't even know if it's... I don't even want to say drop-off, but uh, the just difference in talent in the conferences... There's a there's a pretty stark difference, but it's also translatable. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I also think there's a style of player that it can be very valuable in football that works better in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. than they do in the SEC. Some that might be like a slightly undersized linebacker who can fly. Right. Um. Like that might not work in the SEC because those offensive linemen are so big and so strong that if they get their hands on a guy who's 220 pounds. He's done. Yep. But that doesn't mean you can't be a great football player. And even a guy who can succeed in the NFL once your body develops a little bit more. But these guys, you know, you're a four or five star player and Alabama gives you an offer. Like you're going to go, you're, you you want to go there. Right. And so you end up there and you realize, oh, your game might not be that suited for the SEC. Same thing to go for like, um, like a little scat back speed guy, mm-hmm. you know, like, like DeAnthony Thomas. Yeah. That's a player who's going to thrive in the Pac-12 because it's so spaced out and, you know, you get the ball out there and you can move around. In the SEC, that guy might not be as much faster as the DBs as he is in in the Pac-12. And, again, I think you're probably better off coggling to the Pac-12, not not, very much not in all cases, just for certain specialty players, coming to the Pac-12 and really displaying what you do so that when you get to the NFL, they know how to use you 
rather than you know going to Alabama because you're really fast, but then there's two other guys who are just as fast as you and happen to be six three that you don't get on the field and you know you never get your chance to shine. Right. Uh, last little point I want to make on this graphic: uh, just the FCS players, because people are going to see this, of course, and they're going to go, "Oh, FCS, blah blah blah." You're you know trying to bring these kids up. This includes Shador Sanders. Travis. This Hunter. includes Travis Hunter. Yep. Tyler Brown. Yep. This includes Shane Cox, yep. who's at FCS. Right. Um, this includes Landon Beebe, who was at FCS last year. Your boy. He, he played all 11 games last year. Yep. Um, I mean, people can dog on it, but uh, these are going to be players that are really kind of making or breaking CU season this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, the two most important players on the team. Yep. I would argue. Yep, for sure. Uh, do we want to throw up the old one in comparison real quick? Yeah, let's do it. So here's a look at the old graphic, or I guess the uh, transfers out. Um, it's that, probably un- uncommitted, could probably be updated. This is, yeah. So this is not completely updated. This is just from when we posted it a few weeks ago. But yeah, so the uncommitted has uh, gone down a bit, um, but not much Power 5, though. Not much at all. No, a, a lot less, that's for sure. Um, and, and it's just jarring that the SEC and ACC aren't even on this graphic. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest two bars on the other graphic. Yep. And those are two of probably the three best conferences. Well, and just the in-conference stuff, too. Look at how many guys went in-conference, at least nine. Um, they only took two Pac-12 guys, I think, from when they were bringing guys in. One was Savelle Smalls. I can't remember uh, the other one. Who's the other one? Whatever. Anyways, there it is, though. Um, (laughs) We'll have one more. I want to do one more graphic of the stats like we did last time, like the production coming in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, That's going to be a fun one. So I've already got that figured out. That one is going to be jarring. We can do it after the show. I've already got the stats and everything. Sweet. So um, I think I have one more thing here. So on topic, on three today, Matt Zenitz posted the biggest spring transfer portal winners, Ryan. Okay. Uh, he gave out a top 12 and had three honorable mentions. Where do you think Colorado landed? Um, what was the headline again? Spring transfer winners? Yep. Third. They are in the honorable mentions. Wow. Uh, number one, Auburn. Two, USC. Three, SMU. Ole Miss, Alabama, Florida State, Louisville, Miami, Arkansas, LSU, Cal, Cal, <laughs> Oregon, and then uh, honorable mentions, Ohio State, Colorado, Tulane. I It's hard for me to argue too much because I don't know the list of players that these other schools got, mm-hmm. but man, all of those... FSU guys were in the spring. Um, Jaquez was in the spring, right? Yep. Um, Alton McCaskill is in the spring. Mm -hmm. They got some players in the spring, man. When everyone said they couldn't. Yep. Savelle Smalls. Savelle Smalls. All these guys. Um, I can't... If you scroll up a bit, Alyssa, someone uh, said who the other Pac-12 player is. It's a kicker. It was Jace Feely. Oh, right, right, right. Lisa, appreciate you. I think a couple other people had it. TJ had it, too. Oh, there you go. 
Appreciate you Jason guys. Jason Brown. Uh, this episode of the DMVR Bus Podcast is presented by Illegal Pete's. They're our go-to spot this entire summer. They've got an expanded happy hour. It's now 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. every single day. You can check that out at all 12 of their locations. Um, stop by Illegal Pete's on Nuggets game days when you're not at the DMVR bar. Wear your Nuggets gear into any Illegal Pete's location and grab a house margarita or draft beer for free. Um, you have to show them, I think, the stub of your ticket or whatever if you go to a mm-hmm. game, but you can get that. It's a great deal. Shout out Illegal Pete's. Uh, and then our friends at Breckenridge Brewery. The beer of the month here at DMVR, the DMVR bar, is their best beer, the Mountain Ooh, Beach Sour. In your opinion. In your opinion. It is their best beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can get a ton of our other favorites, the Avalanche Amber Ale right in front of me, Vanilla Porter Jr., Mahi High City Golden, all that good stuff. You can find out exactly where to find out or find Breckenridge Brewery using their beer locator. Go to www.breckbrew.com and you can find a Breck Brew near you. Hell yeah. What do you guys want to talk about? Angela's back. Jake and RK, what other coach in college can embrace cameras like CP, Coach Prime? Uh, we came up with one, Coach Cal at Kentucky Basketball. Nope. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Lincoln Riley, not doing it. None of them are, including Coach Cal. It's not, I personally, I respect Coach Cal. He's not even close in terms of understanding and capitalizing on the cameras. Right. Who would be another coach, though? Who's got like the personality that could not rival Coach Prime because no one can, but hold a candle, maybe? <sighs> There's, I don't think there is one, man. The only one I can think of, and I don't think he'd do it, but Trent Dilfer. I mean, he's worked with kids for so long. He has, though. No, he has. It's just not even... He's it's, not it's even not within yeah. 10 planets. I know. It's not close at all. Um, Lane Kiffin, Charles says? Lane... No. Lane is closer, though. Right. And I think that's why he was number two on the big game boomer. Coaches right. with the most swag. And we're <laughs> like, oh, my God, it's one... You know, uh, and then uh, an eternity, and then number two. There's just no one like now. There are people who could, if they were to enter this world, is Trent Dilfer coaching, or were you yeah. just saying random? No, no, Where he's the he? head coach at UAB now. Okay, all right. Um, he he definitely understands the cameras because he worked with them just like Coach Prime for a long time. Yeah. So that changes things. There are people that could enter the space who could make a a. a a similar splash, not a not the same splash, mm-hmm. but it's very few, man. It's like if Michael Jordan were to start coaching college basketball, then yeah, he could make that type right. of impact. <laughs> but like that's the level we're talking about here. Yep. Macamilli says Cordell Stewart if he wanted. Cordell's still hanging around the facility, by the way. Have you been watching? Yeah, him he's off? just gonna join the the Buffs. <laughs> Basically, <staff. laughs> it's amazing. I love it. But even then, he wouldn't be able to do it at the level of Coach Prime. Right. Uh, Sean's asking, have you all started planning for TCU game yet? Thinking about flying to Denver, 8.30 for Braves-Rockies. Come to DMVR Bar, 8.31. Fly it to DFW, 9-1 for the game. Wow. Uh, yes, we have our plans. I venture to say we might be able to announce tomorrow. Hell yeah. Maybe even on social later today. Okay, sweet. The plans are locked in. Uh, we should have a guest tomorrow, too. Oh, yep. Big day. Angela again. Uh, is CU a tourist attraction now? The Miami Heat strength team stopped by CU. Did you see that also? No. 
Uh, visit Denver and right over to see you <laughs> to see Bucky, Darius, Unk, Shiloh, and Coach Prime. Uh, yeah, it wasn't like Spo and all like the players and stuff, but it was like three or four coaches from their strength staff. They talked about uh, with Coach Mo just about strength programs and stuff like that. So. That's cool. Yeah, I would say that it is a tourist attraction now, but not for just anyone. Uh, you have to be like a certain level right. of person <laughs> to be able to you know just walk in the building. Yeah. Uh, they mentioned the energy, though. They loved it. That's awesome. The energy's crazy. It is. Big TZ, why do you think Bucky said Coach Prime told him he has to blur out uh, Shiloh previous. previous content and they only show him passing videos of Shiloh when capturing others? I don't know what that means. Um. So, well off, had, they, they like blurred Shiloh out at one point. I think it was a joke. Joke, probably. Um. But they haven't really featured Shiloh too much. You see him. He's walking around, like, doing drills and stuff. He's not, like, completely absent, but he's not a featured, like, guy like the other guys. He's got his own channel, though. So. That could be it. Yeah. Maybe he want, Maybe he told them, like, let me save my stuff for my channel. Yeah. Sean asking, uh, we haven't seen the pregame video today. Coach promised flying in Russell Wilson's private jet. Wow. Wow. That's sick. How about that? <laughs> Russell Wilson's <laughs> private jet. What a sentence. Um, let's not talk about him. I heard Sivion is there. Does anyone know if this is true? Interesting. Very interesting. Can the Buffs handle another running back? <laughs> While you look that up, I'll answer the next one, which was, when is Neely coming back? Soon. Soon, and he'll be back on here. He will be. Um... I don't know. Apparently, someone said they saw him in the back of a well-off video. Reach the people video, yep. Or a reach the people video, okay. Uh, there's the picture. I mean, it's kind of well, hard. You and I wouldn't know. Yeah. I mean, there's a, another picture of him down here, though. Okay. Where is it? Is it right there? Yeah. Now scroll back. Oh. Right there. That's him. Man, that's... I don't know. Might be a reach. Yeah. Do we have anything else? That's it, huh? All right. That was a good show. It was a fun show. That was a fun show. Tomorrow should be a good one, too. By the um, way, today yeah? is the uh, rumored meeting um, up on campus. Oh, really? Yeah. Did they... Or I guess it's not rumored. There is a meeting on campus today with the regents mm -hmm. with, to discuss a football matter. Right. So what's the deal when, like, they have to, like, when they vote or something, they have to, like, say they're going to vote on decisions? Or what is it for the regents? Yeah, you have to, like, announce that you're voting on something. Okay. And that's when we really should actually pay attention to the regent meetings because we've had, like, 18 of these. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's officially a vote today. It's just, like, brainstorming or advice. I mean, it's got to happen soon, right? Like, yeah. a Pac-12 media deal has got to come down something to kick this off. It's crazy. We've been talking about this since like January. Yep. Nothing. It is crazy. Um, before we get out of here, um, want to pay respects to a great Buff fan that we lost in the last couple of days. Um, maybe the biggest CU basketball fan I ever knew. Her name was Elise Graniger. She was a, uh, one of my best friend's moms and a huge CU fan. Um, and just wanted to uh, to give her a little shout out on here and, and let the uh, the whole Graninger family know we're thinking of them. That's awesome. Yeah, 
Cool stuff. Thinking about you guys. Um, anything else then? I think that's someone it. from Rio de Janeiro checking in. in wow, the chat. that's How about sick. that. Or worldwide, baby. Same time, same place tomorrow. Let's go buffs. Let's go buffs. <laughs>